It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited for you to hear today's interview. Today we sit down with Danielle, and Danielle has so much information and experience to glean really awesome nuggets from. She's had a birth center birth, she's had a home birth, and right now she's currently pregnant and is planning for potentially a C-section due to a case of placenta previa. And so we talk about that and what that looks like and how that's, you know, impacted her journey. And one thing I really love about Danielle, aside from being a self, self-described crunchy mom, which we love and I find so much fun, she talks a lot about community and how that's had a big impact in the home birth journey and birth in general um, and how you can really tap into the people around you to support you and derive strength from. And Danielle talks about home birth as a way to honor herself and not this thing of, of being um, a rebel and going against the grain. And it's not against anyone else's decision or beliefs. It's being for and in her place of peace and power. And, you know, she also has the perspective of working with an OBGYN who is supportive of the home birth process. Very cool. And I just want to share one of my favorite quotes from this interview is when Danielle says she, quote, let labor wash over me. And I think that's really beautiful and really awesome. And she's an avid runner, um, is, is all about active pregnancy. So I just think that there's so many cool things that you can get from this interview. Definitely take some notes or pause and rewind because uh, it's, uh, it's a great one. So here it is. Hey, Danielle, how are you? Good, how are you? Oh, we are awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Danielle, for hanging out with us on the Doing It at Home podcast. We really do appreciate you carving out just a little bit of time. I know you're, you've got a couple of, of young ones running around over there, and so we really do appreciate you and your time. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys sharing and, and advocating for home birth. So more than happy to share. Yay. Um, okay. So to kick it off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and who's in your family, where you're from? Okay. So my name is Danielle. Um, I actually 
have a blog, though it's kind of on a standstill with a third little one on the way, um, Run Nelly Run. Um, so I I talk about running and, and pregnancy and, and having kids while being a mother runner. But um, me in a nutshell, I live at home with my two boys. Um, Bodhi is my oldest, and he is six and a half. And my youngest is Trout, and he is close to three and two months, I guess. And I kind of lose track after the, the year mark. But <laughs> right. um, yeah, I just, it doesn't seem irrelevant. Just like, ah, he's three. So, um, and then, yeah, I, I stayed home with the two boys, which I absolutely love. And um, my husband, he works pretty far away from our home. So I'm literally with them from sunup till sundown. Um, we also homeschool. So I'm literally with the boys all day long, which can be a blessing and a curse sometimes because I think we all just need our space and downtime and I don't get a lot of that. Um, but it's something that we've always wanted to do. So I feel really fortunate I get to, um, yeah, like I said, I'm pregnant with our third and I'm actually wrapping up my yoga teacher training as well. So I've been teaching prenatal yoga to moms in our, our local area and loving it. Oh, that's super cool. loving it. So yeah. Yeah, just connecting with other moms and other bellies. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, so you um, do a lot, <laughs> it sounds like. <laughs> You're a superwoman. Yeah. I love it. Uh, well, I always tell Viva I'm superwoman, but I have a lot of kryptonite. I just <laughs> have to learn how not to be affected by it. Sure. Um, and, and I'm learning as I get older. And as I'm being reminded constantly by my mom and family that I am older, um, that I can't do it all. So mm. I've really been reaching out and, and finding support in a community, which has really been so helpful for me. Mm. Oh, I bet. We're all about that. I, I love that. Um, wow. Okay. So then how, how did you come into home birth? If I understand and remember, you had a home birth for Trout, your second baby, correct? I did. So Bodie was my firstborn and um, I I knew when I got pregnant with him that I wanted to have a midwife and I wanted to do birth all natural. My sister had just given birth to her son, Henry, and she had him at a birth center and it was amazing. Um, so I just knew that that was something I'd always wanted because I just, I wanted birth to be as unadulterated as possible. Like I, I felt like we got here not because of all these interventions, but because we kind of let women's body do what they needed to do. So as long as I was healthy, that was kind of our goal. So um, there's a bunch of backstory, but I ended up giving birth in the exact same pub at the exact same birth center as my sister did with Bodhi. <laughs> and it was 27 hours of, oh my gosh, I'm going to like lose my mind at the end birth, but I did it. And unfortunately, because I think I was so tired from birthing my son and he was so tired from the process I ended up being transferred because I had a retained placenta and um I just with trout when I found out I was pregnant with him um I knew I wanted to go the natural route again but I didn't like the fact that I wasn't able to just listen to my own intuition like when I was at the birth center I was on my back a lot and I didn't really have anybody directing me. And I felt like I couldn't really get into my own rhythm. I just felt like I was being watched. And I just didn't like that. Like, I'm just very private, very hands-off kind of person. Mm. So we talked around. And Ryan, of all people, because my husband is 
from Northern California and he's super conservative and I'm much more of the liberal crunchy granola wife. We're like <laughs> complete opposite. But his good friend and coworker ended up having a home birth and he told me, hey, like this is something we should look into. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So we did our research and happened upon Paulette, who is our midwife, and just fell in love with her and the idea. And it just kind of took flight from there. And just everything seemed to line up so that we were able to have a home birth safely and naturally with trout. That's amazing. That's amazing. So during that process, as you were um, exploring and landed on home birth, did you get any feedback from friends and family along the way or what was the you know, response? It's, it's funny because I, I just naturally bring in, I think, like-minded people. Mm. Like I, I think we all kind of do. Um, and so just with talking with Paulette. And then I, I joined a birth group in town called Serene Circle, which was such a godsend because I met these two women that I now call them basically like my sisters from, you know, from other mothers. And like, we are lifelong friends. We just, we absolutely adore each other. And we were all at different phases. Like my friend Shannon had never had a baby. I was on my second and Carolyn was on her third. And, you know, the two women that I met, they were planning on having a hospital birth, but naturally, and I was the only one wanting to have a home birth. So I, um, I, I just, I love the community and support that I got from them. And then the women leading that group because they both had had home births with Paulette. So they were really encouraging with me. Um, but then just also talking, being really candid with Paulette herself, like saying, Hey, like this makes me uncomfortable or my family's really worried about me having another transfer. So we did have her as our main care provider, but I also found OB just as like a preventative because I didn't want our hospital to have me all some transfer and have no idea that I was even pregnant or didn't know the health status of my baby. I just wanted them to be very aware like, hey, I'm planning on having a home birth, but I'm going to use you just in case. So I was really worried because the the hospital that we have here, they're very, very conservative, Mm -hmm. like very conservative. That's, I mean, it's not even really, how can I put this? It's, it's to be a lay midwife here is you're taking, you're taking a huge risk because it's not considered acceptable here in a lot of ways. Um, so if you do it, you're going to have to be okay with the potential of getting a lot of backlash. Mm -hmm. Um, but my OB just happened to be the most amazing OB in the world. And he was 
so great and so supportive. In fact, I remember at the end, he's like, I really wish I could come and witness it because I think it's going to be awesome. Wow. So I think me just being straightforward and never being like, hey, I'm going to hide this information. I was always like, this is my intention. This is what we're doing. This is what the midwife and I talk about. So I think keeping that conversation and dialogue open with both parties made the experience that much better. There's so much about what you just described that I love and I think is a great example for home birth moms, moms in general, first-time moms, moms who want to shift up their strategy. You, First of all, you talk a lot about a community, which I think is amazing and something that all moms could use tapping into and utilizing as a resource. And you talk also about find not finding but expressing your voice it sounds like you were very comfortable with expressing yourself to your midwife and to be very proactive to uh find an ob and then you even find an ob that's supportive of what you're up to and i think that's a testament to your powerful intention setting and you really found what you were looking for i mean we really kind of all find what we're looking for don't we because we look for what's going to confirm and like you said you surround yourself with like-minded people um I think all of those things are really great steps to take and things to engage yourself in as as you prepare for home birth. Well, and I think it's also for me and especially with this pregnancy, just because it kind of threw us a curveball, um, I think it's just really important to be as proactive as possible. Like I said, we, we homeschool, we have children at home, I'm home all day, and we probably practice, you know, alternative means to parenting as far as what's mainstream. Mm. But it's never been like, I'm going to do this because I want to go against the status quo, or I want to do this because I want to shake things up and prove a point. It's always been like, well, we really want to research and make sure we're making the best decision for ourselves and our family. And it's never to prove anybody else wrong. It's just to make sure that what we're doing is completely right for us. So I think in that respect, I've I've only gotten good results from most just because I've never been like, oh, well, it just sounds fun. And (laughs) yeah, I really like the idea of, you know, having a home birth because I get to have these really cool photos, you know, like it was (laughs) never, even though I did have a birth photographer, which I absolutely love. um, it, It was never to just, I guess, fit into that crunchy role, even though I do. It was because this is really, truly like what resonated with us as a family Mm -hmm. and for my body and for my baby. And, you know, like I never, like I said, the two women that were in my group, they both wanted to have hospital birth. And I never felt like I was better than them or they were Mm -hmm. better than me. Like we just all supported each other because at the end we knew however your baby was born was like the best way possible because it was for you. It wasn't Mm -hmm. for me or it wasn't my ideals being pushed on you. Um. And so I think always keeping that in the back of your mind when you are approaching home birth, because again, I think some people just see it as like, oh, well, they're just so blatantly against medicine or, you know, or, oh, they're just trying to prove a point. It's like, no, it just, it's really, it's just like you feel really good and comfortable having somebody around the clock checking you. Like, I really feel comfortable and good the opposite. Like, I just want to go inward and I don't want anybody else to be inward with me. 
Right. Um, I like that. You know, um, it doesn't have to create this kind of combative or against something mentality. It's no, this is just what I'm for and what, what you said resonates most and what aligns with who I am. And there doesn't need to be um, conflict around it. You know, what you're doing doesn't need to be in direct defiance towards what anyone else is choosing or what the general narrative is. It's just you move towards what speaks to you most. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did, I mean, I had my mother-in-law, her and I are very different as far as like our, our, I guess our political beliefs and, and just kind of, you know, again, I'm probably more crunchy granola. She's more conservative, kind of like my husband, but we also, again, we've never put up a front with each other. And I think it made us stronger and, and in turn, like she supported me. Like I know it made her nervous, but she was actually there helping me with my son so that I could be present with Ryan when he needed to help me out. Mm. Um, and I never once felt like, oh, she's challenging me on this. You know, like she just fully supported what I was doing. And having that was really nice because I did have some hesitation or worry from some people in my life. But I never let that bother me. And I, you know, if they if they really wanted to speak to me and understand what mm. I was doing and why I was doing it, I was more than happy to share. But if they were just doing it to be like, well, that's dangerous. Like I had a neighbor tell me that I was being really stupid and then I'm just some young dumb person <laughs> and I just kind of you know laughed and went on my way as my son was running, running around the yard naked because he cloth diaper too and I'm sure she's like oh my gosh this hippie you know but <laughs> I just was like I you know like you're entitled to your opinion but I'm not going to sit here and let you make me feel bad you asked because sure. she did and Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I just Uh-oh. don't think I gave her the answer she was hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So in this, in this home birth preparation, it sounds like you, you know, you had your contingency plan, you were putting a lot of things in place to support you in having the most powerful experience possible. Did you have any fears moving into the home birth process, you know, coming out of a transfer? Was there anything residual for you or that you were working on as you, you know, moved into that stage? So, yes, that was probably, I would say, towards the end of my pregnancy, not right at the end, because I think right at the end, I just found my my rhythm and just knew everything was okay. But probably a month and a half before giving birth, I was going to go visit my family in Bozeman for Thanksgiving. And I remember having a lot of like pressure and pain and thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm going into labor. And then also wanting to be in labor because I was at that birth center again or near the birth center where I gave birth to Bodie. And I'm like, maybe this is safer and really scared at that point. Oh my gosh, what if I have to have a transfer? And, mm. and while at my house is only five minutes away from the hospital and I knew all that and I knew that, you know, my doctor was supportive and would be there that all of those fears and all of that experience that I went through, which wasn't fun. I mean, it's never fun to give birth naturally and then give, you know, have Pitocin, which I, oh my gosh, women who have Pitocin are incredible. Like I think they're amazing human beings (laughs) because I, that was literally, it was, it was traumatic. So to think, oh my gosh, I might have to go through this again. It was really, I think we all kind of, we have to face our demons before we can move forward. So I had a real moment of panic, like, can I really do this? Um, and then obviously I didn't give birth to Trout and Bozeman when I was there over Thanksgiving and went back home and knew, like, at that point, I was there for the, you know, I was there. That was going to be it. 
um, and had to sit down with my husband. And I think, like I said, just go through those emotions saying, I'm scared. What if? And then him reassuring me like, hey, we can what if all we want. If this is not what you want, you know, you know, we can change our plans. But remember why it is that we set out on this journey to begin with. And just having him not freak out with me and just kind of listen and let me be just neurotic. It really, it gave me the, the space and the freedom to confront those demons. And then I just, I don't know, I just woke up feeling really at peace. Like mm. I just knew, I was like, no, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, Way to so go, Ryan. Okay. Yeah, like he, he's definitely... Like I said, I'm like type A, crazy, crunchy granola lady, and he's mellow. Like, you know, I'm not going to get into the hype of everything. <laughs> I don't know what I do without him. <laughs> so, That's fabulous. Yeah. Keeping you grounded and understood. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. great. So you had that little mini panic that then you moved through and released and kind of got out there. What was it like when labor was actually starting? What was – paint that scene for me. Where were you? What was going on when you knew, you know – baby trout's coming. Yeah. Pre- prepare. <laughs> yeah. So my mother-in-law and her husband actually came up, which um, I'd asked my mom because I really wanted, everybody wants their mom. And so I'd asked my mom to come to the birth on several occasions. And I think she just was really hesitant um, for her own personal reasons, but she ended up not coming. So I had my mother-in-law and I was really nervous because I'm like, well, I really want my mom. But she, like I said, was awesome. They were really patient because I didn't know how long it would take until I was actually in labor. And with Bodia, three weeks overdue. So I told them, you could be camping out for a while. Mm-hmm. But the day after Trout's due date, we were sitting around the Christmas tree. And I just felt intense pressure. Like, I just remember sitting on the floor with them thinking, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm sitting on a bowling ball. Like, this is not fun. And I'm one of those women where I have a lot of Braxton Hicks. So, Mm. like, I just have a lot of prodromal, a lot of pre-labor that happens. So, I don't really get into the hype of, am I in labor? Am I not in labor? I'm just like, ah, well, you know, this is just my body preparing. And then I almost have to convince myself, like, oh, I actually, you are in labor. But that night, I just remember sitting there and just feeling like I need to get everybody in bed because something's going to happen. So I just excused myself. And I think Ryan must have sensed too. And he got up and I was still nursing Bodhi at the time because, again, I do things totally unconventional. And Bodhi nursed one last time before he went to bed. And I remember the intensity of it was just like... (laughs) Like I was trying so hard to be in that moment with him because I knew this was probably the last moment that him and I were going to have together before Mm. it was a family of four. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to allow that and not let him feel like, oh, you're hurting your mom. So just trying to be present with him. But he made the contraction so much stronger by nursing that I was like, okay, mom's done. Now goes dad. You're going to go to bed. And then I whispered to Ryan. I'm like, I'm in labor. I'm going to go in his room. Like just stay here and sleep. So... The whole night, I just laid in my son's bedroom laboring by myself. Like, I think I had Colby Calais radio on, on um, Pandora radio, and just, like, let labor wash over me, which, and I'm not a surfer ever. I mean, I, I surfed when I was down in Mexico with Ryan on one occasion, but I remember that's how, like, I got through all my surges. Like, I imagine, like, building up in this wave and feeling that intense burn and then, you know, knowing, okay, the wave's going to take me into shore. And I literally 
it made time fly. Like wow. that first early part of labor that was so scary and unfamiliar for me with Sodi just seemed completely natural. Like I just found my rhythm right away. But it was nice because I didn't have anybody watching me. I didn't have anybody telling me, you know, or asking me like, how are you feeling? So I actually naturally went into positions too. Like I remember at one point I put my head down on my pillow and had my bum up in the air. So my body naturally just repositioned trout. Like it was almost like, okay, we need to bring baby back and get them more engaged. So it was, yeah, it was, the first part was actually really peaceful and intense. Don't get me wrong, but I could handle it alone. That's beautiful. I love so, that. I th- that's so that's so beautiful. And that time with Bodie, you know, as like you said before, becoming a family of four, like all of that, knowing your body, being connected with yourself, all of that is so inspiring. Well, and I just. I really, for the most part in my younger life, I did so much to fight against myself and fight against my body that motherhood has really helped me embrace what my body truly needs. Mm. And with the home birth, I just felt like it was even more personified of like, this is honoring me. This is honoring what I need, what's best for myself, what's best for my baby. And I do remember saying this, and I think it's really important that women do understand like this is a dance, I guess you could call it between your baby and you. Like they're not Mm. devoid of interaction in this process. Like Mm. they're very much an active participant. And so I remember telling Trout because I knew he was a boy and I knew he was Trout. And I just told him, I said, Trout, like if this ever at any point gets intense and you don't feel comfortable, I will listen. So you Mm. need to tell me. And just communicating that out loud. (laughs) Like I just knew like, and because with Bodie, they were checking his heart rate all the time, you know, and maybe checking how far along you are. And I literally did not have anybody checking him ever. There was not one point where his heart rate was checked or his vitals were a concern because I think Paulette, obviously, she's an incredible midwife. And I think he was like baby number 674 or something. So she had been doing this long enough where (laughs) she understood the rhythm. She understood you know, the telltale signs of something not being right. Um, And again, she showed up literally 20 minutes before he was born. So there really wasn't a lot of time (laughs) for any checking to be done. I think she was like, so do you mind if I check you? And I said, yeah, that's fine. And she said, oh, no need, no need. (laughs) (laughs) We're clear. Got it. (laughs) Yeah, we know where baby's at. Like, let's, you know, let's get you off the toilet and get you in the tub. So yeah, because I just, it was so funny, too. I, I you know, had gone from 27 hours with Bodie to this birth was about 12 hours. And I think around eight of them was me flying solo. Mm-hmm. And then I got Ryan up and I said, hey, I really need somebody's help. So his mom came in and she took over and her and I started walking around the house, which that was something I didn't do with Bodhi. I didn't move. And so this pregnancy or labor, I really wanted to be up and moving because I knew gravity is your best friend in labor. Mm. So if you work with it, it's going to do a lot of the work for you. So her and I would pace the house. And then Ryan went back to bed with Bodhi and was able to rest because I didn't know how long this was going to go on. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. And she was great. I mean, her and I, we just sat there and, and I know at some point, and this is where I, you know, I obviously wasn't involved, but I guess my midwife had just come back from her birth and I called her the night before and I said, Hey, I'm in labor. And, you know, she'd asked me if my water broke and no, but my water never breaks until the end anyways. So I, you know, I didn't consider that very important anyways, but she was really tired and she said she was completely out of it when we talked. And then when Ryan tried to call her the next day, she lives so far out in the country that she doesn't have cell phone service. Um, And so you have to call her on her landline, and we didn't know that. So by the time that Ryan got a hold of her, I was in active labor. I was was in the tub, and I hate birthing in the tub because to me it just never feels good. Like I like – I like pushing babies out in the tub. Mm -hmm. Hold on one second, sweetheart. But I don't like – yeah, sure. It doesn't relieve pain for me, mm-hmm. which I wish it did. Um, but I guess my point is she, <laughs> we didn't get a hold of her until it was, okay, you need to get here now. Danielle's making pushing sounds mm-hmm. and um, she was two hours away. So, <laughs> all right. It was, yeah. <laughs> you know, at that point we're like, oh, I think it's really serious. I don't think I have to worry about this being a question of if it's labor or not. She, yeah. I think Ryan said he held the phone up to me and she knew right away, like she had to get in her car <laughs> and come. So I guess that's all she needed was a sound and yeah, we were good. <laughs> so how long did so. you push for? It, well, so so again, I was laboring in the tub and I do that wonderful telltale um, transition, like bargain plea party thing, like where I, like, I can't do this anymore. Oh. I give up. Yeah. I'm not like bawling, but I'm like kind of weepy. Like I remember laying in his lap in the tub, just being like, I'm done, Ryan. Like, okay, yeah. I've done, you know, I've given it a college try. We're good. And the birth photographer, who is also the leader of our circle for um, stream circle, she was there. And she's like, maybe you should get on the toilet, (laughs) you know, because for me, like when I, that pressure is just so much. And I'm not one of those women who I wish I was like, my girlfriends would say, oh, I had, you know, really loose bowels for a couple of weeks before I gave birth. I was completely empty. Like my body literally is the opposite. Like I can't go to the bathroom. Um, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know why my body is that way, but. So I just felt really uncomfortable because I'm like, if I'm pushing, I know something more mm-hmm. than just baby is going to come out. And yep. I don't want to do this. And like, I'm very aware of that part of my birth. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> my husband's like, you're so funny because you're apologizing 
for pooping in front of me and <laughs> you're also like birthing my child so I don't really care he's like <laughs> he was like I don't understand how you were still able to apologize in you know in the midst of heavy duty labor but that's again my personality so I um I just remember sitting on the toilet and like telling the girls because I had the photographer there and then the woman who was co-leading with the circle with she was there as like my doula and just looking at both of them like I can't do this for another day and they're like oh Danielle you're not going to be doing this for even an hour more Uh. (laughs) you know but they didn't want me to push because they're like hey Paulette's not here so they were telling me like hey if you can try to tell yourself to breathe through these things so I just remember I guess the only way I can equate it is to like a birthing cow like just every contraction or surge however you want to call it I was like just moaning out like I'm not gonna push mm. and, you know my mother-in-law and Bodie are downstairs and she said she's just telling my son like mom's just working really hard yeah. because I literally was like <laughs> forcing myself not to push even though that's all my body wanted to do yeah is, it's a really hard sensation to fight uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Wow. Okay. So then Paulette does eventually show up. And then what, what yeah, happens when it. baby trout comes out? What, what was going on in the room? What, what happened? <laughs> so I really wanted to give birth in our tub because I, I, like I said, I love actually delivering in water. I just think it's such a natural transition from belly to, to earth side. Sure. So I, she had me get into my tub, which is literally right next the toilet which was awesome and it was about 20 minutes of pushing and I also remember this go around to um I my water never broke so that pressure that you you get from your water which people I don't think realize like that's so lubricating to all areas of your body even if you are how can I put it even if you do like a on land birth so it's not a water birth um, there's just something about your water kind of lubricating everything before they come out that makes the ring of fire, I guess you could call it, or anything less intense. And mm-hmm. I didn't have that. I remember feeling, because with Bodie, I was in the water for about 45 minutes to an hour before he was born. And I loved pushing. It was awesome. I felt great. It felt good. Like all of these surges had a meaning. They had a reason behind them. And I know a lot of women say that about pushing. And I didn't feel any of that. I was like, this is BS. Like, I'm in pain. Like, pushing's supposed to be awesome. Why does this suck so bad? Like, I am literally going to be ripped in half. What is going on? Mm. Um, and being very aware of how much I was stretching, which, again, I didn't have with Bodie. And um, Trout must have had his cord wrapped pretty tight. So when Paulette saw his head come out, she was like, you have to push. Like, I'm sorry if you don't have a surge right now, but you're going to have to push. So Mm. I had to push him without a contraction out the rest of the way. Um, But Trout actually ended up being born mostly in the call. So Mm -hmm. he wasn't all the way in his amniotic sac, but it broke as he was like transitioning out. And he came out and... Literally, that kid was the most beautiful pink color I've ever seen instantly. Like, Bodie had really blue hands and feet, and he looked like he'd been through 27 hours of labor. 
whereas Trout was super oxygenated. Like, he looked amazing. And he mm-hmm. cried right away, was on my chest. Like, I remember crying. I'm like, that is the best sound in the world. And holy shit, I just pushed a kid out of my body. Like, yeah. <laughs> having baby number two, you know, like, it never gets old. You never don't have that, I can't believe I just did this again. Um, just euphoric, like, I, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. If anything, I advocate for natural birth, just birth, just for that moment where you're like, I just did something that I literally two seconds ago didn't think I was going to live through. And there I am wow. <laughs> holding this sweet little person that I, I just brought into the world. So mm-hmm. yeah, oh. it was, it was a pretty good ending for sure. That's magical. I love it. And you're pregnant. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how I know. How has the pregnancy and planning and intention setting for this baby's birth been as a result of coming out of Trout's birthing experience? So we went in with the same game plan, though I mean just a really quick backstory. I was getting really into running and chasing after some big goals with a running coach that I had hired. And so I was running 90 miles plus week um, with the boys in the stroller. Wow. And like, I literally just got over a bout of vertigo from having too low of iron. My hormones were kind of, you know, of course you're nursing and you're running. And I'm a big believer. If you don't have your period while you're running, you shouldn't be running that hard. So back Mm. off. Um, and I was still able to maintain my period. So I'm like, okay, but I was told like, there's no way you're going to get pregnant. And then I just had a really lousy workout and my coach and I were talking and he's like, don't tell me you're pregnant. Cause again, I had this huge race coming up and <laughs> I went and took a test cause I'm like, ah, I'm going to, you know, whatever, I'll take one. And yeah, sure enough, I'm pregnant. So hello, apparently, Surprise. yeah. <laughs> so then I had to call him back and be like, so I remember how you and I were joking, but you were really serious to, you know, not tell you I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. <laughs> he was like, wow, we'd uh, throw that at me. Um, so it really was a surprise. And I felt really vulnerable in the sense that, wow, I had like all of these imbalances going on before, like, let's go ahead and make sure baby's okay. So I had early ultrasounds with this one and had blood work done right away. And they looked beautiful or he or she looked beautiful and everything looked wonderful until my 20 week appointment where I found out that I have placenta previa. So my placenta is over my cervix. Mm. Um, and that makes home birth unless it moves completely null and void, right. not a possibility. So I have been going in every four weeks now having ultrasounds, doing the exact opposite of what I really ever wanted to do. But humbled Mm. and thankful by the fact that I do live in the time of, you know, that I do where something that could be potentially fatal, I'm able to, you know, keep an eye on and things are moving. So we are not giving up on a home birth, but I'm also now faced with, okay, like I went from completely hands off to there's a really good chance I'm going to have a cesarean Mm. and how am I going to approach this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. Yeah, it's been it's been very eye-opening. I imagine. I love how you use the word humbled, you know, and that you're you're able to experience it as such, you know, despite I'm sure there's some low moments, confusing, frustrating, and everything in between. Um 
to stay humble, though, I really appreciate that. And I think a lot of women can get something from that to look at what comes up with each pregnancy because they're all different, what what you can glean from it and how you can maintain your your power and and create the experience that you want despite some some hiccups or some, you know, things that might present challenges. Yeah, and just for me, I've had to approach life in in, in a mindset where there's never a guarantee. There's never any certainties. Like you can only approach it at what's going on right now, right at this very moment. Mm-hmm. So I think having a really strong grasp on that concept before going into this pregnancy has been a really good tool in my toolbox because mm-hmm. I think had I been dealt with this with my first pregnancy where I wasn't there mentally yet, it would have been pretty earth shattering. And it is frustrating because, again, I'm limited to what the hospital here provides, and it's very old school. I mean, you're in an assembly line. It's it's not at all baby-centered cesarean birth. So, you know, just understanding that that's, you know, a good possibility, it's, it's hard. But, again, knowing that, hey, this is one moment of the rest of this life I have with this little person and it just is going to make me have to be that much stronger of an advocate for nursing or for, you know, my body in recovery and my baby and them having good bacteria and how else am I going to inoculate their system? And, and just knowing that even though it might not be the same route that their brothers thought that this baby has a mom who is equipped to handle, like I, I know this ahead of time. It's not an emergency thing where it was just thrown at me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the universe has given me the gift of knowing or having foresight going, okay, like I can work through these things. I can figure out what I need to ask for the child and for myself. And um, it's the best worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And like I said, my placenta is moving and my husband's really optimistic. And I like, I share this with all my moms that I like talk with about placenta previa, but I think the hardest thing and because we're being candid, the hardest thing about this has been the fact that my husband and I cannot be intimate at all. Like we, there's wow. no Wow, I didn't know that like, was a part of yeah. that. Mm. Yeah, so you can do everything. Like I'm still running, yeah. I'm still doing yoga, and I can lift. And I can, as long as my body is being responsive to all of that and I'm not having any you know, spotting or pain, they are completely okay with me doing that. But I can't have anything inserted vaginally. So obviously that means that you can't can't have sex. And I know that some of my friends, you know, say, oh, well, that's such a godsend. I don't have to feel like I, you know, I'm turning my husband down all the time. I have a physical excuse but for me I'm like a teenager going through puberty when I'm pregnant and <laughs> like my husband has to basically carry a water bottle around squirting me because he's like just back <laughs> off like I know like you love me and I'm I, mean, I sound horrible like he obviously wants the attention but he just feels so guilty because he's like I never thought I'd be the one turning you down right reminding you that this is not okay wow so yeah, that's been the hardest because it's, I don't know, You, I think being intimate with your partner in a physical way is super important, especially when you have two kids and you don't spend a lot of time with each other. Sometimes that chemistry that you share in that moment is 
crucial to feeling yeah. bonded. Like you just need it. Like I don't, I know men are more physical creatures, but women need it too, especially when you're pregnant and you're not feeling necessarily the most, I don't know, attractive or your body's changing a ton. It's just nice to have that validation. Like, oh, my husband still wants me. I'm not a complete, like, flop or I don't know. Sorry, I've got train boy in the background. <laughs> it's okay. I... I, again, so appreciate your level of candor and authenticity. I I have a feeling as a result of this episode, there's going to be listeners that want to reach out to you or are going to be definitely invested in your in your story and, you know, how the rest of this pregnancy progresses and what results. Um, so I want to – could you mention your, your blog and your Instagram? I'm going to include links to them in this show's notes, but I just wanted you to share – um, if you're cool with that, how people can connect with you yeah. and how people can learn more from you. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I was really, I mean, I was blogging every day, but I just was finding, I actually really want to get into podcasting because I love the conversation and the stories that end up being shared Sure. through podcasting that I just, I just love that. I feel like I don't want the focus to always be on me. Like I love getting to talk with other people and hearing their their information or their stories or their side of things. But um, so I do have a blog and I am going to keep, keep it going until the baby's born. And then we'll see, I really want to get into podcasting, but that's run Nelly run. So R U N N E L L Y R U N.com. Okay. And then on Instagram, it's run Nelly run. Beautiful. And then I also have it on Facebook too. So, okay. Okay. So I'll grab all those links and put those in the show notes. And then, um, when you do that podcast, you let us know and we'll give a shout out to it because I have a feeling a lot of people will want to listen to that and you could call it all kinds of fun things like the crunchy granola, awesome mom. <laughs> but um, Aww, I so think sweet. you'll get a lot of listeners to that. Um, Danielle, thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation. You opened my eyes to so many new things I wasn't aware of and you know, here we are, this platform for sharing other women's stories and I, you know, thinking like, oh, that's so awesome. We're able to do that for them. But really, I get so much out of it. Like I, I'm so like my life is enriched as a result of being able to hear you and your story. And like, I feel like I get this little glimpse and piece of your family. And it's just, it's so, it's delicious. It's beautiful. And it's magical. And I'm so honored. So thank you. Well, thank you. And um, I know Matthew is grateful as well. He stepped out for Maya duty, <laughs> but um, he no. sends his best as well. And um, keep us posted on how you are doing. No, I definitely will, Sarah. And tell your husband sorry, too, because when I answered the phone and it said unknown caller, I was like, who is? <laughs> that was no problem. Just in the moment of like getting after my kids for arguing for the 10 millionth time. So I thought. <laughs> so bad. But Mommy brain yeah, is a real was... thing and it is okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. So, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Danielle. Thank you. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, 
family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.